All right, guys and gals, this is another episode of the Cleveland Moto Podcast, episode number 377. Light them up, boys. That way we had one out. Oscar's going to live. Right. Yeah. I got. I, this is Steve's favorite noise. Yeah. Lame. I love it. Mr. Tinkles. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> here we go. But is the eyes above the liquid, though? The eyes are above the liquid. Okay, yeah, cool, exactly. Cool. Yeah, we're good to go. Going. Yeah. The, we, <laughs> if I would, I literally, when I poured this motherfucker, I had that ice ball in there and I tried to bury the ice ball. Yeah. And then I realized I'd poured myself a six ounce bourbon. <laughs> if you look above well our done. fridge, we've got at least 22 bourbons. Winning. And, and ice balls in the freezer. <laughs> so, balls. to my immediate left, Oscar. And to his immediate left, uh, Steve, sleepy. And to his immediate left, Dan Kromke. And Chris Smith. And Johnny Mack. And our special guest tonight. I'm Brad Brownell. Brad Brownell. We're going to get to you later. And then. Why do they call him Sleepy? I know. You, you fucking earned it. We're going to have to have a. We're, you know, like you can't rechristen a boat? Right. We may have to rechristen your ass. Steve Hoffert. 2.0. Right. The grumpy sewer guy. Yeah, but how many grumpy sewer guys can there be? There's only there can one. Only be one grumpy sewer guy. Yeah. I'm not grumpy. Dude, you can change it to the tired sewer guy. Okay, so... The the sleepy sewer guy. Right, we're just going to go straight to the fucking new guy in the room. Introduce yourself. Uh, Hi, I'm Brad Brownell. I'm the new director of the Crawford Auto and Aviation Museum. Yo, Brad! Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And so, because our podcast listeners... So, some of us were at the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Yes. And those of us that weren't at the DGR, because social media is so fucking powerful, got to see all of our videos, because the video from the DGR... That looked fantastic. The Godfather-themed Yeah, Yeah, that was very cool. That Greg Huth shot. That was very cool. Fucking great, man. I mean, like... And he did that while we were sleeping. (laughs) Motherfucker has... He's a stay-at-home husband. And I, nice. I picture at the time, you know, a couple of children were running around the house bleeding. And he was like, no, I got to get this shit together. <laughs> when we were at the event, Greg had said, there's so many Italian bikes here. Now, you know, the worldwide <laughs> sponsor for the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is Triumph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland has always been this weird anomaly where there's way more Moto Guzzi's. There's way more Vespas, mm. and I take personal credit for that shit. But uh, <laughs> but Triumph has always been like, we don't hate on Triumph. We love Triumph. In fact, the guy who owns the Triumph dealership we've had on our podcast. I saw he, it on my way here. It's yeah, like it's, two blocks that way. It's that way, right? Yeah, yeah. And that guy, uh, you know, he's, uh, Kirk Van Wert is he's one of those guys that when I started, when I got back from Germany, and this is, 1990 and I went in there and I wanted to find a, a, the right bike for me. I have to admit the right bike for me at the time was a CB 750. I had probably a budget of $1,100 and I went into J and J motors in Maslin rolled in there and said, my name is Sergeant waters. I'm in the United States army. I'm here for a very short period of time. I need a motorcycle. I can ride cheap for a little while. And it's got to be a single overhead cow Honda CB750. <laughs> so what do you got? That really narrows it down. And it was hilarious because <laughs> Kirk at the time was working there as a, uh, he was working as a sales guy. He was a sales puke on the sales floor. And he goes, well, I have one bike. And he had a 1978 Honda CB750K. Single overhead cam, black with the orange pinstripe and the gold pinstripe. Tastefully what I'd like to call Smokey and the Bandit paint scheme. It was the perfect paint scheme for 1978. The bike had 
maybe 5,000 miles on it. And he goes, here's the deal. I'll sell you this motorcycle for $750. It runs great. And if you bring it back to me within two years and it's not in worse condition, I will give you $750 back towards trade-in value if you keep it nice. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. Game on. (laughs) And we, we did the deal. And I was super excited. I had with me a black leather members-only jacket. <laughs> I had a helmet that was a clone of an Arai made by a company that made guns called Taurus. And I had a Taurus clone of an Arai helmet made in Brazil. <laughs> and I had a pair of light, those Lamont work gloves, those yellow Lamont work gloves, tan gloves, right? And I was set. And I was going to ride it all the way from Worcester Maslin, actually, from Maslin to Cleveland. Now, it was early March, and uh, apparently Dick Goddard failed to warn me that there'd be a snowstorm. What a dick. What a dick, Goddard. And so approximately, I don't know, middle of Interstate 71 on the way home-wise, I ran into a snowstorm on a CB750 with not nearly the right shit on. I got home with, you know, fourth-degree frost nipples, (laughs) <laughs> managed to pull into my driveway, considered the, the mission a huge success. And two years later, what do you think I did? Traded it back. I in. took it back in and got a Honda Super Magna circa 1987, the Arlen bike. Uh, I got a Super Magna and he was like, he was there, of course. And I'm like, hey, do you remember me? And he goes, fuck yeah, I remember you. And <laughs> I said, yeah, that froze his nipples off on the way home. <laughs> well, he's like, he's like yeah. I always wondered what happened to you. And I was like, well, what happened to me is I put a brand new set of tires on your bike. It's got a new chain on it now. And I'm like, and you said 750, 750 both ways. And he goes, yep, that's the deal. And I got a, literally, I bought a 1987 Honda Super Magna. And he and I have been work friends ever since. And what funny thing is his, he became the owner and you know operator of State 8 Motorcycles, which is a massive motorcycle empire. And we've always traded bikes. We do inventory swaps. And he's a very fun guy. Like he's just in Ohio motorcycle history. Yeah, from a retailer standpoint, the, the man's a solid. Yeah. I would go as far as to say he's a mensch. So that's that's saying something. Is he, is he still obsessed by runes? He <laughs> is still obsessed by runes. So you know the story. In his warehouse, there used to be this place in Cuyahoga Falls called the Boot Scoot and Boogie or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, yeah, it used to be the Akron Agora, too. Yeah, back in the this day. giant, yeah. giant warehouse-sized music venue yeah. that he bought as a warehouse for his state eight. And you go inside and it looks like you're in Indiana Jones temple, like the, 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 the warehouse yep. from Indiana Jones where they put the lost Ark. And, but it's all Honda runes all it's the way. <laughs> and it's, I think it's every rune that was ever produced <laughs> and, uh, for the people who don't know what a Honda rune is. It's the motorcycle that sh- never should have been built. Like, it ruined everything. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, the funny thing about a Honda Rune is it predates all of the just fucking wackadoodle custom motorcycles, right? And that motorcycle, the Honda Rune, the crazy motorcycle that was, that's a Goldwing underneath. It's an 1800cc, 118 horsepower, 123 torques. It's a bad motherfucker. And it is completely custom from Honda. Apparently, they had $100,000 tied up in every rune they built. 
and they sold them for the princely sum of 26,000. So they lost 74 grand every time they sold one of those bastards. Even still, I can't imagine paying $26,000 for one. And I think that, and I honestly think that Kirk's concept is exactly that. So he waited until people were like, I've made a big mistake. Yeah. And when people said, I've made a big mistake, then he was all too happy to jump in and go, <clears throat> so <laughs> do you like cash? Nobody wants to buy this bike except for me. And that's exactly true. And this is all happening in year of our Lord, 2004. But if you look at this motorcycle, it's fucking wild. I mean, it's a crazy ass motorcycle. It would be it's nice. got a trailing yeah. link, bizarro fucking Earl's front fork assembly. It's got the 1800 CC Goldwing motor on it. It's got a gutter for a rear fender. The rear fender yeah. literally is the letter C. <laughs> Yeah. If you have not enough air in the back tire, you can trench an entire field. <laughs> they right? asked uh, BMW for that other ugly-ass bike for the gas tank. Yes, what they the, did. Yeah, the, right. the California or something? That, like that pipe. Yeah, and the last time I checked, these are still worth about 25 grand. You're exactly right. Right. So they, they've been a solid point in the market. And I have actually had customers offer these to me for 8 and 10 grand, but they were bikes that people had put 80,000 miles on. And then you go out and you look at the thing and you're like, yeah, 80,000 miles ago, it was desirable, but now it's got 80,000 miles on it. And it does get into that weird thing about like, I'm sure you're going to tell me how easy it is to get parts for them, <laughs> but I'm almost positive it's not. So it is a very, very fun. It's a Goldwing. Like, yes, it is a Goldwing. 80,000 miles on a Goldwing, you're just barely breaking it in. I know. Yeah. And that's, that's like exactly your first it. trip. Yeah. Now, the only problem with this particular Goldwing is it only has one Goldwing part in it. And that's, and that's the Subaru motor that's driving it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you are kind of up, got your head against a, a rough spot right there. But, yes, Kirk Van Wert did collect every fucking rune I've ever seen. Every, every rune I've ever seen, he bought. And so he's got him in a big warehouse out there. So big fun right there. Super fun, super stupid. Uh, so... Well, we Brett, didn't come here to talk about runes. We did not come here to talk about runes. So the first time you appeared in my radar was when you wrote an article for... Uh, about the Grom. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I've written it twice. Yes. I had a loner one yeah. in Reno, and then I went to um, Small Bore Festival yep. at... In Georgia. Uh, uh, oh, no. no uh, Alabama. Alabama, yeah, yeah. At Barber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so I rode the, the, I guess, second gen and the yeah. third gen or right. whatever. Exactly. And, the old um, one and the new one. Yeah. Yep. And that was hilarious because I have to remind our podcast listeners, describe yourself from a physical standpoint. <laughs> I am not a small man. No, he fits right in at Cleveland Moto. He's kind of like John McElfresh's twin, sort of. So. These guys can hang out, yeah. right, at the yeah. same time. They can yeah. share clothes. And be like, you'd be like, this is all great. Yeah. I hope neither one of them starts throwing hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's or, exactly right. The teeter-totter would be perfect for them. It would be. It'd be an awesome teeter-totter. I'm yeah. just saying, you walk in a bar with those two, and yeah. I'm way more confident. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, how tall are you? 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. And how much tonnage do you displace? Three-ish. Three-ish, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like um, 20 stone, right? You guys actually came on my radar probably... I don't know. Oh, this five is when or we talk nice ago. about each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I used to do a podcast with a guy named Cam Vanderhorst, yep. who has been on this show. <laughs> we know all about Camden Tubbs. Oh, we know 
Okay. A thousand times. Camden tubbed. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. you were the other guy? Was yeah, yeah. I was tubbed. tubbed. He was tubbed. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which one of you is cheese? Uh, yeah. <laughs> My condolences. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I like Cam. Yeah, Cam we, is a we probably did, I don't know, three or 400 episodes of that show. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it ran for a long yeah, time. It did. Yeah. And then, you know, both of us just got way too busy. And, yeah. you know. And he went off on the deep end with his Corvettes <laughs> and got a mullet. <laughs> I don't know. He definitely did okay. get a mullet. Yeah. And he became 65 or I was going to check that was my joke. <laughs> like, every time I see Cam, he's older. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He buys another car that makes him older. Yeah. And yeah, we ran into him at the the Radwood Festival, which is yep. all 90s cars. And so Oscar and I were out yep. there. We had a bunch of JDMs with us and stuff and kind of we're, we were we didn't know what to think about the whole event. Well, the, the guy, I'm sorry. The, I, I, I lost my mind. Guess who owns that rally car? A dude I work with oh. at Summit. Oh, yeah. He, I, I pull into the I'm in the parking lot. I'm like. Hey, it's that fucking there was rally a, car. There was a Ford Cosworth. Yeah. yeah. Full oh, race. Spec. I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. He well, works he does too. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, so now yeah. the world has gotten even smaller. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts about Radwood because I was one of the founders of that show. You know what? We had a great time. Yeah. Good. We really had a great time. And uh, nothing but good vibes. Yeah. And yeah. what I really love about the whole Radwood concept is you forget that in the 90s when Chris was working for General Motors... There were some beautiful cars. They yeah, just yeah. weren't coming yeah. from America. Yeah. Yep. Right. There were some. Not, not the K cars. Not the K cars. No. Right. There were no. There were or no. The X bodies. There were no citations. <laughs> there were no celebrities at the show. But it is kind of fun that the Radwood concept is that we kind of. I know I'm guilty of it. If you ask me to name a really bitchin' motorcycle from the 80s, mm-hmm. it can be kind of hard to do. It can be kind of challenging. And that's the same thing where you say like, oh, name a really awesome car from the 80s and 90s in the United States. And you're like, oh, that's hard to do. But when you go to Radwood, you're like, they're all there. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, there was some style. It wasn't yeah. just cocaine and Miami Vice <laughs> and door and cars that look like doorstops. Handles like it's on rails. My, <laughs> my favorite motorcycles from the 80s. I, I've I've lusted after for years and I eventually will have to buy one. And that is the 83 original Katana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I will. I say, like, you the, will eventually run into the guy if you're in Cleveland long enough. You'll run into the guy on, in Willoughby who has, I think, six or eight of them. Oh, and he lives in Willoughby, oh. and he has them in his house. And so he has. Okay. He has various levels of them, from a 100 point perfect restoration to like a hot rod version. And yeah, he's he's the guy. Is that the guy that owns the, the Honda Turbos too? I think he might be. He had three or four turbo fetishes. Turbo. Yeah, right. One of those katanas will probably sign my death warrant at some point. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, they came out with the new katana. They yeah, did. It's, it's kind not. Of a how did you feel it about looks, the new katana? It looks cool, but it's kind of boring. Well, okay. I mean, it's a cynical rehash of a something that used to be cool. I don't know. Look, Oscar owned the wrong katana. Yeah. Yeah. So Oscar yeah. owned the katana that we all have. That no, katana. That's, that's Those are called can of tuna. Can of tuna. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. yeah. With the purple. Uh, Wish I was a GSXR. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so if you squint and you lean your head just right, it kind of looks like a jixer, but it's not. Uh, but yeah, you're right. And when you tell people you're like, I lust after a katana. Yeah. Everyone's like, the fuck do you collect swords? Yeah. Like but the original, but I want the real Katana. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, so like, so Honda came out with the Honda hurricane, right? Yes, they did. And so Suzuki was like, we might have to wrap something in plastic too. 
hundred <laughs> percent. So that's what the can of tuna came from. <laughs> because if you think of those, there's only so many bikes that are completely wrapped in plastic. It's true. And the hurricane and, is like a sports version of the PC eight hundred. It, it is. You know what? And or, that or don't the easy start the PC eight hundred. <laughs> If you do look at a Honda Hurricane, yeah. right, you do understand that they're they're literally using plastic to hide all the cheap parts. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're like, well, what what kind of frame does it have? We're not telling. <laughs> you know. And when you when you see oh yeah when you see a Honda Hurricane from the mid '80s, you realize that they have literally there's this much of the frame that is like a, a proper cast aluminum part of the frame, and it's the only part they're showing you. And then they're showing you a box section swing arm. I still want one. I know. I know, <laughs> dude. I know. I, I Look, I'm not faulting you. I had the 87 Honda 400 Hurricane from Japan that had VTEC. Yeah. Imported from JA Pan with an annoying little red light on the dashboard that would indicate every time you went over 100 kilometers per hour, which caused me ceaseless worry about like what is going to blow up and Black i didn't realize tape. and it just said speed it just said underneath red light speed oh, like that thing over 20 miles an hour speed speed <laughs> exactly speed. oh the honda gyro the, yeah. pizza, the pizza wagon <laughs> yeah yep the pizza wagon we're gonna get that thing to pete with like forty thousand extra <laughs> miles on it because of just going to get pizza it's what it was designed for though it's part of its soul is to go get pizzas so very cool so now you did the shootout on the groms you oh, did the, yeah. the intro on yes. the Groms, and they gave yes. you the tuner Grom. They gave you the nicest Grom you could have. Yeah. Out of that whole group, you're the only one that got the Grom race replica. Yes. Nice. Like I mean, it didn't a, actually have any, like... We know. But it's, you know... We know all about the Grom. That's why we sell TNTs. Stripes, stripes and stickers. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it was rad. I mean, we got three laps at Barber yeah. flat out. Which I mean, is amazing. It was great. Yeah. That was life-changing, because yeah. it was... It was probably 300 mini motos, yeah. like up to 125 cc, flat out yeah. for three laps. Top speed 83. Yeah, of the fastest bike there. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Everything else and, going 54. And on a Grom, yeah. Barber Motorsports Park has two brakes. Yes, it does. Yep, that's it. That's all it's you just have. Wide open <laughs> keyhole, yeah. and yeah, that's it. You're done. That's it. It's so fun. Uh, I did many, many years ago, a lot of years ago. I was working with a company called Malaguti, which is the Italian word for bad luck. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I was working with them and we had a bunch of celebrity bikes for, you know, Ben Bostrom and Nikki Hayden and like all the racers. We had provided them with these Malaguti Ducati race replica scooters. And it was a co-branding between Ducati and Malaguti. And we brought 20 of them or whatever out to the track and I prepped them all. And I got to like hang out with you and McGregor and all these people that were there to be like, Hey, we're giving this guy a scooter. And by the way, you're going to prep all of them. Uh -huh. You're going to sit in the tent. Did you bring tools? I didn't know I had to fucking bring tools. So I had to go to Walmart and buy tools so I could prep bikes out of the crate, make them rideable in like 12 minutes per bike. But as things thinned out as they will, we got invited to go out on the track because it's fucking Ewan McGregor. And so everybody was like, Ewan McGregor. And so I went, well, you probably shouldn't take that on the track unless I'm with you. And we did. We got to take a hot lap of Laguna Seca <laughs> on 49cc. Ooh, I love that. Italian two-stroke scooters. Fantastic. Do you know what that track is on 49cc's worth of power? Difficult. It's fucking <laughs> difficult. Yeah. It's really, really There's hard. There's a lot of uphill. There's a lot of uphill. There's so much uphill. And like we're on bikes that are still restricted. 
because you have to de-restrict them. So I was only able to de-restrict three or four of them that they could go like almost 60. But most of them were still restricted. And that was one of you and McGregor, though? Of course. I had a de-restricted 155 and he had a de-restricted as well. So I had a Ben Bostrom and he was on a Foggy, a Fogarty replica. And we, we were, you know, having fun. And it was neat because that's when you realize somebody who's a celebrity honestly gives way more shits about motorcycles mm-hmm. and would much rather drink beer and talk about motorcycles mm-hmm. and then anything else on the planet, which I think we all agree with. It's pretty badass. So um, when you were able to do that journalism whack, yeah. uh, what, what outlet was that with? Uh, Jalopnik. That was Jalopnik? Yeah, yeah. I wrote for them for five years. Mm-hmm. I was the... the First, I was the weekend editor, and then I was the evening editor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, wrote, wrote there for five years, probably 2,500 blogs on that site. Maybe, yep. I don't know, 30 or 40 big reviews like that uh, where I got to go on trips and see all the cool stuff and drive cool things. And, um, yeah. I, I, I have an issue with Mercedes Streeter. She left. I, well, I have a major issue with her okay. because she wrote an article talking about how easy it was to import oh. the JDM. <laughs> so she writes this this article, and it's a really well written article back in July, about in July of twenty twenty one, and talking about like it's really not hard to import a car from Japan. You just need to do these things. One of them is to make a phone call to a fucking customs broker, right? <laughs> because everybody, I do a lot of Japanese imports. And so I have all these people who are like, I can totally buy a car in Japan and import it. I read that article on Jalopnik. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, when your car is seized by customs and it's going to cost you 2500 to get out. For dirt? For dirt. <laughs> for dirty car. For dirt. Don't call me. And we get that phone call all the time. So her article gets quoted <laughs> constantly. I mean, constantly because people read that shit. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, I could totally import a car from Japan. It'll be easy. Did she really import a car from Japan, though? She did. She did. Yeah, she did. And she got lucky or did she use a a broker? Well, (laughs) she ultimately used a broker to do her customs and and all the stuff that you have to do, which that broker was able to completely head problems off at the pass that she didn't Mm -hmm. prepare for. Mm -hmm. So it was only the fact that she lucked into an amazing broker that was like, no, you did everything wrong. You need to... (laughs) write me another check. Right. Yeah. And so when people don't realize what saved her was there was a broker that knew this was her first time importing a JDM car and that broker stepped up and did everything. But John Q public reads this article and goes like, Oh, it's easy. Yeah. If you're a fucking broker, if you're a customs broker, if you're not a customs broker, cause I had to get bonded to bring cars in as an importer. And if you don't, it's they. The government is set up to help you. No. The government is set up to charge you $700 every time your car moves from this part of the lot to that part of the lot. And they'll get you every single time. So, uh, yeah, that article is pretty funny. But we're like, yeah, it could have stood to be a paragraph longer. (laughs) (laughs) One extra paragraph might have saved a lot of people trouble. But that's a pretty thing. And we love Jalopnik, obviously. So, you know, you get a lot of fun stuff there. So tell us about this crazy deal you got, because you showed up today on an actual 2020 live wire. Yeah. That that is one of the only live wires I've ever seen being ridden by the person who paid for it. (laughs) Well, that's fucking rare, man. The the great thing about that job at Jalopnik was I was at the press launch for that bike in 2018, maybe. Right. And, um, within 30 seconds fell in love with it. Yeah. Just at, you know, just 
right out of the parking lot, as soon as I got used to not having a clutch and not using a shifter, I was like, oh, this thing rips. You grabbed the air clutch. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun and it's so fast and it's incredible. Of course, at the time it was twenty nine thousand dollars. It was it sure was. And I was like, there's it's not worth that. Right. Yeah, twenty nine seven ninety nine. Twenty nine seven ninety nine. And by the way, remember when it first launched, it was exactly thirty thousand. Yeah. And then it was like plus 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 right, plus, right, plus, right, plus, right. plus 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 plus. The stories of people getting out of their dealers for thirty two grand yeah. seemed to be the order of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So um I went on the launch of it, yep. loved it. Yeah. Got a, a short-term loaner from Harley. Oh, um, wow. I had it for maybe three months. Yeah. And uh, rode it from, I used to live in Reno, Nevada. I rode it from Los Angeles to Reno mm-hmm. and then from Reno back. And I kind of learned what it was like to live with, what the charging's like, what the infrastructure is like, and... Uh, Still loved it despite some of its flaws. Yep. In, I totally in get those it. instances. Yep. Um, so I was like, well, you know, when I find a good deal on one, yep. And it's, you know, kind of close or whatever, I'll pick one up. Well, um, you know, I sold my company in February mm-hmm. and in March I bought one. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, you know, I was passively looking before that and right. then I had an influx of money and was yep. like, oh, I need to go buy the thing that I love. I, my looking just became active. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, so there was one that came up on an auction site. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Bike Curious. Yep. Their, um, what's the other half of them? The iconic motorcycles or whatever. Yeah. They have an auction site out west. Yep. Somebody had one on that site. I bid on it at like, 17 or something like was that. Was that the green one? Mm, I don't remember. There was a green one that got kicked around for a while too. Yeah, that was like, be. had 2000 miles on it or something. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I bid on that to like 17. It went, yep. you know, didn't meet reserve. Nope. Didn't meet reserve. Yep. Uh, I sent a message to Abby, the guy who's, who was running it. And he called me and he goes, the guy wants basically what he's got in it. Yeah. And I was like, well, he's not going to get that. No, there's no way. No, you know, he wants 31 or whatever. No. Like, there's no oh, way. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. And he's like, well, he's still paying payments on it. And so I'm like, not your problem. Yeah. I'm just financing, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I passed on that one, obviously. Right. And then, uh, I saw one on Craigslist that was local. My wife and I moved to Bath. Yep. Um, and there was one in Medina. Yeah. Like, literally oh. five miles away. Uh, so I went in to look at it. Um, the guy who or bought it originally from Harley was happened to be there that day. Yep. So like serendipity, it just happened to work out. And, um, you know, he's talking to me a little bit and he goes, you know, I bought it for yeah. 30, whatever the yep. original was That's financed it, yep. the whole deal, yep. had it for a year, uh, put 1100 miles on it and then traded it in for a road King or something. Yeah. All right. And well, whatever he could hide the negative equity in. Right, yeah. yeah <laughs> that was yeah. what it came out to. Right. I've gotten $10,000 of negative equity. I yes. need to put somewhere. Can I roll this into? Right. What can yeah. I roll into? And they went, Road King or bigger? Yeah. <laughs> so so um, it ended up at this, uh, you know, not affiliated with yeah. a brand dealer. Yep. Um, and uh, just a power sports dealer or whatever. Right. And they had it sitting on the lot. And apparently it had been there for six, seven months. Did by the he time. file for his 2,500 federal tax credit? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say. Maybe. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it because it's secondhand. Right. But exactly. Um, <laughs> but maybe. Yeah. Uh, I would hope he did. I hope so too. We've found an amazing <laughs> number of people that are like coming in here and they're like, I got to make sure I get that federal tax credit. And then we find out a year later that they didn't even file. (laughs) And so when they want to trade a bike in, I'm like, did you fall for the federal tax credit? And they're like, oh, you know, I wanted to. (laughs) And I'm like, so before you trade this in, I'm going to give you a get out of jail free card. Yeah. I'm going to be the nicest dealer that ever existed. (laughs) I'm going to hold off taking this bike in on trade long enough for you to get your form 4286 to your tax man so that you can get a check from uncle Sam for 10% of the, what you paid retail for this thing yeah. up to 2,500 bucks. Cause that's a big part of buying an electric vehicle Huge. and people yeah. forget about it. Huge. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I was talking to him. He said he traded it to that dealer mm-hmm. at 20,000. <laughs> so he lost 10 grand in a year and a half. 10 grand. Oh, yeah. my friend, he yeah. lost 12. Well, sure, yeah. right, yeah. Because <laughs> that dealer didn't give all the other stuff for free. Well, and he had yeah. finance charges, and I'm sure there was... Oh! Yeah. Oh, painful. Yeah, because yeah, I think so they were... interest over, for a year and a half. He could have bought an FX. <laughs> with, right, right. With, yeah. with the, the money, money he lost, yes. he could have bought an FX. Yes. Yeah. Ouch. And then so, sold it back for the same thing. Okay, and we, lost a penny. We <laughs> have a phrase here at the shop. Indecisiveness is motherfucking expensive. People, my Hunter Cub, my Honda Hunter Cub that I got out there mm-hmm. was less than eight months old when I got it from a guy who traded it into us. Wow. The same guy traded us in a Super Cub, a brand new 2020 Super Cub. I, I want a line on that. If you ever sell that, I want <laughs> okay. to be on that. <laughs> uh, we got like this one guy we know has an addiction problem and he'll buy a bike full boat and then put $2,000 yeah. worth of candy on it. Yeah. And then be like. I'm done now. Yeah. And then he goes and trades it in and buys something else. Mm-hmm. And it's just a revolution for him. Does, does he own that Moto Guzzi too? No. The, who owns that, Cal- that really nice California? Chris. No. Well, <laughs> no that's not the nice one. <laughs> it was when he got it. No, I, I, it was when you were riding it. I know who you're talking yeah. about. But yeah, we have a guy that did spend over 20 grand on a beautiful Cali spent 3000 making it even better. And then was like, eh, if I can get 14, I'll take it. Does it have oh, the, oh, the H pipe conversion? In not. It? No. Hey, yeah. Hey. Well, he got a Cali. He that, got a Cali touring. H, not to just you. a Cali, but a Cali fucking touring, which all the candy from the factory for less than salvage value. Mm. And he bought it that way. He's the owner of it. And it came like ultimately pristine. Like it's crazy when people say there are no good deals out there. You just have to wait. You, they just show up. Well, I yeah. still want to know what the back end of that deal was. Cause that bike came with a studded collar on the back of it. Okay. And there was a lot of, and one of those balls that goes. Yeah, in your yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That thing came dripping. I paid for that a couple <laughs> of different ways. <laughs> that bike came dripping in blue lives matter. Yeah. And it was so, I mean, all I can think of is village people cop. Yeah. Like village people cop. That's that was him. Everything was covered in spikes and studs. It had Leather. a, yeah, it had a spiked license plate bracket. And the spike coming out of the middle of the seat. Was it was. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> that one big pink spike. Yeah. yeah. So fucking weird, man. But yeah, so, I mean, getting that bike, that's yeah, that's a score. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, and I, I ended up making the dealer eat a little bit, too. So well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Look, the dealer was all too happy to be like, sir, you know how much negative equity you have? Right. This is going to look so good on the back of a road king. Yeah. Or bigger. Right. So they, uh, and I'm sure they, you know, they didn't want to pay space on the floor to have it sitting around Don't another even six need to. months or whatever. Because so the, they sold it to me. Right. I got a good deal on it. And I'm the line was discontinued it. at that point. Yep. So they really didn't want to have it around. Yep. Because it's just an annoyance. Yep. Yeah. And which is really, really good timing. And it's very funny that now the live wire, so the same bike you own. Yeah. Right. Something happened in the exchange rate. Every other bike in America went up in price. Yeah. Except for the live wire, which literally lost eight grand, eight grand. Yeah. <laughs> it just eight grand just fell away. Yeah. It makes you wonder how much profit margin was built into the first one. If they just gave up eight grand. Well, honestly, yeah. my thought on it is that bike is way overbuilt. Yes, it is. I bet they lost money on every one of them. Well, it comes back to the rune. Yeah. Right. It comes yeah. back to the rune. And if you do look back to mission motorcycles and stuff, when they were selling this bike's prototype and stuff, they were selling it with a bunch of guys working in a factory in San Francisco building these bikes. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you think about the price then, it was more expensive than what the Livewire was. So uh, that's a a big thing. And we, in this, you know, this word... So if you guys look at a mission, the Mission Motorcycles RS was uh, $56,499. The R, so the R that the... um, uh, the mission motorcycles are that stands for really spendy. Well, that was 30 grand. So the R was their down market bike. Like that was the general idea behind the mission. Mm. So that, uh, the R and the RS, the RS was crazy. I mean, if you looked at the RS, the RS was truly Isle of man, crazy mm. batshit bonkers, you know, bike. And it's, it's really a, really a cool machine. The, uh, that's the RS. But the R, the regular model, was thirty grand. So you know that was just the standard model. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what you bought, mm-hmm. and that history. You know that's where that's where the Harley came out of. That's where the Livewire came out of. So good for them, right? Yeah. And when we think about that stuff, we're in a room right now that has an Energica. You know, we've got several Zeros. We got an SRF. We got a custom SRF. We got DS. Mm-hmm. We got a DS. We got an FX. We've got an FXE, the fucking Buck Rogers bike it behind so me. So cool. So cool. Bitty, bitty, so fucking cool. Yeah. That bike is cool. <laughs> yeah. And it weighs 280 pounds. Yep. 280 pounds and 88 foot pounds of torque. Fuck you. Yeah. That's um, quick. If you guys haven't checked lately, apparently America, well, not America, the planet now measures torque differently. So <laughs> did you know that? No. You didn't know that? No. So, um, Brad. Last week, we all went out and rode electric scooters. Okay. We rode the living shit out of electric scooters. Excellent. We rode electric scooters until we were angry. Okay. And we Literally. were angry. Yeah. <laughs> and, really. Yeah. And I the, have wanted one of those, the Vespa Electrica. Yeah. They are so cool. Okay. No, no they're not. Well, <laughs> if you'd have been with us two weeks ago, yeah. you might have had a different opinion. Okay. Uh, you'd want so, a new or a Neo or whatever. Would you like to guess how much really? torques the Vespa Electrica has? Well, I can read it. Yeah, 147.5 torques. Yeah. Well, how do they, how do they We come know up that's with that? not true. Okay. Right. We know that's not true. But I think this the is the thing. point's in the wrong place. <laughs> you move it one over, it's about right. It's about right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now, we all rode that bike, and we know that that bike strategically, scientifically, mechanically, that's orgasmically couldn't go above 43 miles per hour indicated. It has no balls in the, right. from the line. And all the other NEUs, all the other electric scooters were just like, Fuck you, gone. You know, <laughs> and it, it, the Vespa Electrica is a solid eight thousand dollar bike. Yeah, before fees. Right. 
And the Niu's that were half as much money were just like, ciao. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. the blinkers. It was, it was a little annoying. Well, Oscar got the bad end of it. So yeah. when we got to my house halfway through the test, when the batteries were all kind of saying 55%, we decided, okay, fair's fair, fun's fun. We'd done drag racing. We'd done power roll-ons. We'd done all kinds of fun shit. We'd had a beer. We'd thought about life, the decisions we'd made. We decided to put the heaviest guy on the bike that had the most power and the most battery left. And we decided to take the lightest guy and put him on the least powerful bike with the least battery left, giving us all a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. It turns out our math was perfect. Yeah. Because we all ran out of electrons literally two miles away from the shop. Yeah, it was two miles. Yep. And limping this shit in is not pretty. No. So is most... The, the new... The, is it newy? New. New. Yeah, the new. That thing in uh, economy mode... Yeah. Patrick had it in economy mode when yeah. he first left the shop. It was like 14 miles mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah. yeah. And we I, all know. I'm like, what yeah. the hell are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, I'm waiting for him. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Have I'm you sorry. gotten your live wire into punishment mode yet? Oh, yes. Okay. And what's punishment mode? Uh, well, so the, the very first time that I borrowed one from yeah. Harley, yeah. I wrote, I was riding it from LA to Reno. <laughs> and <laughs> when That's I. That's remarkably optimistic. Yeah. And when I left, I was like, oh, Charger's 83 miles away. Says I've got 100 miles. No problem. Oh. Never trust it. Nope. <laughs> I learned that very quickly, about 83 miles later. <gasps> um, oh, my God. I stopped north on on the grapevine. Yeah, on the grapevine. Because yeah. you're, you're, you as soon as I started to go uphill, I was like, oh, I'm not going to make like, oh. it. No. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to make it. And I ate the last 10 miles in about a mile and a half. Yeah, for real. And, um. Yeah, it doesn't even give you driving directions. It says, uh, fly, you idiot. It does. It literally puts you in an airplane. It goes, why would you drive um, there? Right? So, yeah. So I went to Reno, Nevada. I went the, the five route on yeah. the west side. Yeah, yeah of course. Because yeah. there's five, better yeah. charging there's on that charging. side. There's charging. Yeah. And uh, you're doing 516 miles. Yeah. On an electric motorcycle. In two days. And that is conservatively seven stops. Oh, it's more than that. I know, but yeah, I'm saying, uh, yeah. If you if you read the owner's manual, yeah. your brain is thinking, I can do this in seven stops. Yeah, which right. we know you can't do. No, Wait, how no. many miles? Five, yeah, almost five hundred. Yeah, four hundred and eighty miles. Give so or that take. So thing yeah. gets less than hundred miles per charge. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, on the highway at highway speeds. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. But yeah. those thing that thing can do about a hundred. Can no. Well, the zero SRF can go about 90 if you're gentle. If you keep it about 65, I've done 90 on a tank. Yeah. I'm I got an out of an SRS, the aerodynamic yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not very aerodynamic. No, none of us are. <laughs> <laughs> but I think out of that, I got maybe 80. Yeah. Um, and that's you, about what I can get out right. of a. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about, about right. what I can get out of a live and wire. And I found the live wire, the live wire and the SRS were almost identically matched on range. Yeah. Almost identical. Yeah. Like I couldn't. No matter how I rode the SRS and rode the live wire, the range was similar. God damn yeah. similar. Yep. Right. And yep. that's exactly true. I had both of them at the same time as yep. loaners. And I, I was very, they, they were very competitively, extremely matched. competitively. They matched. have similar yep. power. Yep. They have similar delivery. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Right? It's almost but, weird. Yeah. Because you know, the SRS and the live wire launched on the same day. Mm. So that was an interesting thing. So people were clamoring for that launch of the, um, oh, sorry, SRF. Uh, so the SRF and Livewire, because when that launch happened, as soon as they launched the Livewire, they moved the launch of the SRS, SRF up. Mm. 
because the second they launched the live wire, what did everybody in the media talk about? $30,000. Yeah. And over at Zero's house, SRS is $20,000. So it was like same exact specs, $10,000 less. Mm -hmm. And that was a very interesting time to be trying to get onto the Zero website because it got crashed constantly. So the the Livewire, about 78 miles north of Los Angeles, (laughs) um, I was literally like, if I can make it up to the top of this hill, I can coast to my charger. I know I can make it. I can coast into Bakersfield and I no problem. Yeah. (laughs) And I I did not make it. No. No. So punishment mode came in at what percentage? One. At 1%. Yeah, it'll go all the way down. So it'll give you 60 miles per hour, 70 miles per hour, all the way to 1%. You don't have to keep stabbing it into sport mode. No. It doesn't kick you into eco mode. Right. Whereas the zero. Well, I was already in eco. You were in eco anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The zero kicks you into eco. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that incrementally seems to go down on mine. Yeah. I mean, it goes from like 85 to like 65 to 60 to 55. But so uh, what I can tell you about that is. If you are stuck on the side of the road with the flashers on, your uh, your lithium twelve volt battery yeah, you're, you're, is about this big, right? And it lasts about fifteen minutes. So um, because if you get to a charger, if some kind soul with a trailer pulls up, allows you to load onto his trailer, hauls you to the next charger, you still won't be able to charge because your twelve volt is dead and it won't oh, talk to the charger. Yes. Oh no. These things are the devil. Yeah. That's okay? a fucking cigarette pack. So it won't make the handshake to talk to the charger oh, if you don't have a 12-volt connection. And because right. I left my, my, my hazards on, yeah. it was completely dead. Yeah. So I had to... I found a, a shop, luckily, that was like a quarter of a mile away yeah. that had a battery in stock. And I borrowed the tools from them. And I, I had to push the bike to their shop, which <gasps> is a 500-pound bike. That's an insult. Yeah. Oh my God. And so um, I changed the battery, swapped mm-hmm. the battery, rode it yep. back to the charger, yep. plugged in, and then the charger died. Oh! <laughs> it was like the worst. It was not meant to be. You had all the problems. It was one of the worst days of my uh, riding career. The same thing but, that deadlined Un and Charlie on their trip from yeah. Tierra del Fuego is yeah. that 12 volt. Yep. And in Harley, they buried it. Yep. In the zero, it's right, you can get to it, it's right by the seat, mm. super easy to get to. But these batteries, you know, they're made by Ballistic and a couple of different companies that make these lithiums. And they're bloody fucking expensive little batteries. Yeah. And if you if you adore them and treat them correctly, they'll last a goddamn long time. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you park your live wire or your Zero or whatever, so all of the Zero FXEs and the Zero S models, the older generation Zeros, they don't have that 12-volt battery. Everything's running on the big ass motherfucking beautiful batteries. Mm. So the whole 12 volt thing is just bled off of a DC to DC converter. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think you don't, you don't, don't have, have that, that in your bike. I don't have that. Right. You don't have that in your bike. That thing only exists in the bikes that have the Bosch stability control system yeah. so that when your big ass battery runs out of electricity, still you still have ABS. You still have traction control, which is silly. You have traction control for a bike that has no traction. No traction. <laughs> You have the power to run those 12-volt flashing lights Mm -hmm. and all your 12-volt shit, Mm -hmm. even though you don't have the 106 volts behind it. But it does have an irreplaceable or unreplaceable battery in the the display that that fucks you all up. 
Because everything goes blank. It does. It, it, it messes up the charging. It has it a watch battery. It does. And, then it, and, and you have to replace the entire display. Look, they should just make the background of the display solar mm. to just power the display. Like a calculator. Exactly, yeah. like a calculator. None of us have ever replaced the battery in a 1972 solar calculator. So uh, after that <laughs> getting stuck, ouch! Uh, I've never had a problem since because I learned the hard way. Yeah, you did. But I, I know, you know, I can only do 70 miles right. or 80 miles, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm not going to stretch that last 10%. That's right. What about in the city, though? Oh, city, it'll go forever. Yeah. 150. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. what's the top miles. speed when you hit the, that 1% left on your battery? It'll go all the way to top speed. So it'll it will still go out to 112. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. It'll still go out to 112. Punishment mode isn't where, like, you're restricted to 15 miles. So with the zero. When you hit zero, yeah. it's like... It's gone. It goes down to like five. You're literally, like you're, you're oh, literally okay. a little turtle comes up on yep. the dash yep. and goes, you're screwed, man. Yep. Get to a charger. Right. Like hurry yeah. up. But it'll yeah. still move for a certain period. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. About like maybe right. a mile. And the zeros are different. So the okay. zeros will constantly try to put you into eco mode to remind you that you should be gentle, but you can say fuck you and put it back into sport mode. If you know where your house is. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. you go to like minus 12. <laughs> yeah, that's the magic. The magic with the zero is you're like, okay, I'm at two percent. Nine miles later, I'm still at two percent, and nine miles later, I'm still at two percent. And I pulled into my driveway, and I'm like, I'm at no percent, right? I'm at no percent, and the bike's like, want to party? <laughs> but it won't party. It'll just get you to thirty miles an hour. Mm. No, you want to stagger around like right. a drunk, like a and drunk. have a good time. <laughs> yep. And that's and I've done my zero. I got to my house and I was like, okay, well, I know I'm out. Like all the things, the state of charge and the range and everything is just like you're done. However, the battery's like, I promise you, there's a little more. <laughs> and the engineers have made sure you can't actually get to the bottom of the battery because that would be bad for everything. But it's hilarious when, like, my neighbor's like, why are you driving in laps around the neighborhood? And I'm like, I'm trying to run it out of electricity. And the guy's like, okay. I was like, I hit no electricity a while ago. And I will give zero credit for that, is that they seem to engineer the bike with the idea of, like, we don't ever want anyone to push this thing. Yeah. And the bounce on it is insane. So you, you hit the bottom and the thing finally quits running. And you park it. At least this is my SZ, my SRF. You park it, and you're like, okay, all right. Well, then you do some shit on your phone, or you know, drink a beer or whatever. And then you turn the bike on, and you're like, oh, four percent. And you <laughs> yeah. magically, and you magically have like eight more miles of range. And, and the like, harder you run it, and the colder it is, the more bounce. You the get. more bounce you get, absolutely. Really? Which is it's odd, so but fucking that's the weird. Truth. I don't know what I don't know who wrote. And if you talk to uh, Morgan Vetter about this. He will just scream about like how zero should be drawn and quartered for their state of charge meter, their their phantom power thing or whatever. He hates it. Not me. I love it. It is. It caters to the forgetful. I have a dumb lizard brain. If I get down to zero, I I want to know that I'm not lost. It's like Honda. It's like Honda. Everything goes off. You go down there. You're each shit lights blinking. Low fuel lights blinking. It's like. Doing this countdown till death, you know, like you're going to be hung in, in yes. eight miles. Right. It gets down to zero and there's still a half a gallon. Exactly. Left. I mean, yeah. Honda does the same thing. Absolutely. Which is, and I'd rather have it like that. I would too. Instead of that, that bike I loved, but I got rid of that Kimco, it's like the each shit light comes out and then it dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, because Sorry, says, you're fucked. It should be the F light. It you're literally fucked. just says you should be looking at a gas station right now. Yeah. 
if you can't see my, the gas station, you're fucked. I just rode my GS Dude. across the country. Yeah. Because I, like I said, I was yeah. living in Reno. I had a bike out there, my, my 96 GS. I had to ride it across the country to get here. And I had the opposite where it was like the light would come on. There'd still be three gallons in the tank. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd rather have it like that. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I would always... too. The world of Vespa and the world of Honda is just like customers like, wait a second. So uh, I pulled into the gas station because the little light was on my dashboard. Yeah. And I could only put in eight tenths of a gallon. And this thing advertises a 2.3 gallon tank. Yep. I'm like, it has a 2.3 gallon tank, but I could only put in eight tenths of a gallon. Yeah. Wait longer next time. What? Ride yeah, another 80 miles. Ride another 80 miles. <laughs> yes. Really get that fucker purple. Like, really <laughs> choke it out. The Super Cub's one gallon. It is. And the light comes on at... A half gallon. At a half gallon. At a half gallon. So oh, I know. half a gallon. Even my Super... So my Super Cub is a Super Super Cub. It's got all the Yoshi shit on, the ECU mod. It's 62, 64 miles per hour. But that being said, it's still... When the check... When the you're having a problem light comes on, or you know your fuel's depleted... No, just keep going. You're fine. You can't run that motherfucker out of gas. I tried to run the Hunter Cub out of gas because I have that fancy gas can on the side of it. The spare tank is so beautiful. I'm like, you got to use that. Well, no, I couldn't. I tried. I came to work. Like the, the thing was just flashing E at me. And I was like, still made it all the way to work and all the way home. 40 miles. No problem. Easy. Because yeah, it's it. it that's what you want, though. You, it don't, is. you don't ever want to get stuck. Thank you. Do you know what engineers are here for? To prevent me from hurting myself. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. The owner's manual? Fuck that owner's manual. Right? None, I of, want, yeah. none of that matters if your friends don't tell you that there's no gas stations between the brewery and their fucking I house. told you to put gas in that fucking bike, and you didn't listen to me. I told you exactly how many miles it would be until you ran out, and it was exactly it was what exactly I said. exactly right. Hey, Hoff. Hoff, he's like one of your kids. He doesn't listen to you. Yeah. And he wants money, too. He wants me to run home and get him gas. <laughs> he's like all of his employees, too. Is that ethanol free? You're going to go bring me some gas. Has got no ethanol? Yeah. Yeah, give me yeah. good shit. Well, give yeah, me good you shit. still owe me for that gas, by the way. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, open wounds. But is it an investment? Because now that gas is it's worth yeah. like 10 times as much. No, that's how I operate, buddy. Yeah. How long you guess 10 years you ago? You owe me five bucks for the gas. Okay. No, I yeah. go in gallons. Yeah, so. he goes in gallons, so the price matters. That half gallon's now worth $2. So tomorrow, I'm going to be <laughs> on the news. <laughs> so tomorrow, WKYC is going to be here at the shop. And I'm, I try to get him here earlier before the customers show up because that'll be a fucking lame fuck around. Uh, so I'm trying desperately to get him to show up early. But you do know that, you know, the news story, the whole news, like the whole planet right now is all about gas prices. And it's so fucking hilarious that news stations are calling me and they're like, so are you making a billion dollars a year now that gas is five bucks a gallon? I'm like, yeah, but we're also in a supply chain problem. So the best Honda dealers here in town are telling people it'll be six months or a year until you get your bike. You can't make money. You can't pay the bills with a $500 deposit. I ended up with a live wire because I couldn't get a ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're down Wait to a second. <laughs> I got a $17,000 line item I need to justify here. <laughs> I tried uh, to get I tried to get that Grom, but no. Uh, honestly, I put in orders for Groms, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, good luck, dude. There's you're not getting one." Jeez. No, no, right. it, it, yeah, that's and that's. I know people at Honda, and I still can't get a Grom. Nobody can get a Grom right now. <laughs> um, we're getting the TNTs, so we've been selling the shit out of TNT 135s. We all love them. We have them. We ride them. They're great. Much better bike. But here's what's funny. <laughs> well, okay, they are. But anyway. 
But here's the hilarious part is I've been kind of like staying on the down low about it because you never know when the pump's going to run dry. So I call my rep and I'm like, yeah, I need, um, I need like, um, 18 more TNTs. You need what? I mean, I need 18 more TNTs. Holy fuck, man. Like, yeah, I need 18 more TNTs. Okay. All right. We'll work something out. Call him up a month later. I need uh, 24 more TNTs. What the fuck, man? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're just, uh, okay, okay. All right. So he calls me up and he goes, hey, man, I'm just letting you know we're, we're totally out of green TNTs. There, there are no more. I have six more that we're using for show, like going to go to the show circuit kind of thing with. I was like, okay. He's like, but if you want them and you can do them right now, I'll sell them to you. I'll take them. So, okay. So he's like, sends the thing out. Phil just bought all the green TNTs. Be angry at him. Fuck you. Right. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's fun. So then I get a little, like, I get nervous when I have less than four of something. So I was like, okay, I need more white TNTs. He's like, we have six. I was like, I'll take them all. Phil just bought all the white TNTs. Be angry at him. So today, last night I got the message. We have six red TNTs left and then nothing till 2023. I was like, I'll take them all. And so they, I, he was okay. I paid for him and he calls me back and he's like, uh, I need two of those to go to Texas for a show. I'm like, fuck you. I bought them. (laughs) (laughs) Build more, build more. (laughs) It's goddamn June 9th. You can't be out of bikes. Well, Honda was out of bikes four months ago. No, they were out of bikes last year for for this year. (laughs) That's also true. So that problem that, you know, we're all having, the motorcycle industry right now is a giant fucking gaping flesh wound right now. It's a bad thing. They're coming in tomorrow, I think it's 11 o'clock-ish or something like that. So they're going to come. I'm going to try to get them in early. But the point is, what what does he want to talk about? Gas prices. He wants to talk about, and in 2008... I, Holly Strano, that slut. Oh my that's god! The only good, oh, that's the only thing oh good about WKYC. This is Neil oh, Fisher, whatever god. Neil Fisher she, is. I don't know what a Neil Fisher is. Holly but. Strano used to live on my street when I lived in Bainbridge, and her husband, this guy, before she uh, divorced him for like that bar guy that she got in Florida. What? He was a stay-at-home dad, and I'd get home from work, and he'd come down, and he'd be like going on man i'm like what are you doing he's like nothing i had a clean she gave me a list like she was (laughs) (laughs) he was she was a terrible human being man so this guy's coming to my shop tomorrow i don't want to marry her yeah (laughs) (laughs) this pair this paragon of stick mic journalism he's coming to my shop tomorrow and we're gonna talk about electric uh who's this lewis rice no, no, Neil Fisher. Oh, Neil why does Fisher. it look like? Why does it look like he farted and you smelled it and he's like being sneaky? I don't know, it. dude. I look. I don't know shit about this, shit when it comes to this kind of stuff. I honestly know nothing about it. I I don't, and I don't care to know anything about it. I mean, like media and me don't get along at all. Say, say all the stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. So right. Do you right. know that more people get killed on scooters daily than any other thing in the country right <laughs> now? <laughs> Just do what they say. Same we guy. Need, we need scooter control. Oh, okay. Uh, no, we don't need hand. We don't need gun control. We need scooter control. Hey, man. <laughs> we need a scooter, man. Do you know what I know yeah. is every time Kicking It With Kenny comes to my shop at 0700 in the goddamn morning, my phone starts ringing and won't stop. Let's walk. 
<laughs> man, I'm t- you should only speak to him in like used cars commercial. That's cup. the other thing. He's like, hey, hey, welcome, welcome to Phil's Mo- Scooter Emporium. That's like, right. Like, yeah. We have a mile of scooters. That's right. Welcome to Slappy McPickledicks. We're here to tell you about the greatest deal ever in small scooters. We're going to give you 150 miles per gallon. We got mopeds for the kids. You should wear a plaid leisure suit. Yeah, I. Oh yeah. This is as good as it gets. It's tied like up to here. If you go back and look in 2008, the last gas crisis we had, I'm sure all the YouTube videos are still up from all the interviews I did with the local media outlets back then too. And people come in and they're like, "So, um, so you can ride these mopeds just anywhere, right?" (laughs) Yeah, sidewalks, baptismals. (laughs) Bar mitzvahs, whatever the fuck you got, man, go for it. Bring it on. You know, you can drink and drive on these too. Uh, (laughs) Totally legal. Right. Yeah. They they have cup holders. They have cup holders. Yeah, whatever. So, but that's the thing. And like, this is that moment where like every blind squirrel finds a nut occasionally. And this is what that is. And so every once in a while they kick a rock. So on Monday I came into the shop to, you know, we're closed on Sunday and Monday but I don't ever stop working. So I'm in here on Monday and James goes, Hey, you just missed the call from channel five. What? Oh yeah. They were going to come in and they were going to do something on electric vehicles. Well, they went to rock and roll Harley Davidson instead. Cause they picked up the phone and I watched it. Oh, <laughs> anytime a media person starts talking about electric motorcycles or electric vehicles, you can hear the eye roll of the entire electric vehicle community, the collective communal eye roll when they're like, when the the facts just start coming out as just vague assumptions, assumptions. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They have no idea. Yeah. Isn't it true that Cleveland just installed 4,600 free charging stations? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Great. Why not? Actually, it was 6,600. <laughs> well, yeah, those are the super secret ones. If you're in the Illuminati, you get a special <laughs> ring for those. And you put your ring in and you get free power. Yeah. Yeah. These are level four charging. They charge in seven <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's all you need. It's good to go. You can charge this at home in your dryer. Uh, just take the battery out <laughs> and put it in your dryer. The, um, now, the little scooters, they run on static electricity. You just rub them on the carpet. <laughs> they go like hell. You bring a cat with you. It'll <laughs> run forever. It'll run forever. But I can only imagine what I'm up against tomorrow, so we'll see. So it'll be fun. Uh, but it's always a good time. It's always very interesting. And then the phone always erupts. But now we have a problem because we have um, social media-based uh, reviews. So I've had negative reviews because people's court, like people were giving me a negative review at the shop for a case I won on the people's court because they disagreed with judge Milan and like, well, I don't think judge Milan is right. So I'm going to give this guy a one-star review. You should so have, have won on the people's court, but he part, he loses with me. What's that? You need a bucket of electrons. A bucket of electrons. Come in and pour the electrons electrons into the top. Yeah. So how do you charge this? Well, I'm glad you asked. Are you familiar with propane? <laughs> they, propane they, accessories? <laughs> propane and propane accessories. They got to bring out that. You ever see the thing where they take the cat and they put a piece of peanut butter bread on the back of them? Yeah. Because bread will always land on the peanut yeah. butter, but cats, the cats always, always land, land on top up. It's a perpetual so it motion spin And it creates energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I installed a windmill on my motorcycle. There so you go. It charges while I'm riding. One of our customers made me a hard hat that has a... a, a Propeller on it and some LED lighting. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. A solar panel, a propeller, and some LED lighting. And he was like, he goes, yeah, this is for the electric-powered buddy scooters. (laughs) Well, you have have that, that you still have a couple, I think, from like 1989 on the shelf over there. Yeah. 
the additions to the helmet that has the fan and it makes a LED stoplight. Talk amongst yourself. I'm going to go get the world's greatest innovation in motorcycle rider safety. Yes, please do. Yeah. I've always looked at that for the last 20 years Long coming into your shops. Yeah. Talk amongst yourself. This thing is pretty amazing. Have you seen, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, no I haven't seen it. It's, it's awesome. It's like a, it's a shark fin that you can put on the top of your helmet and the front of it has a hole so that it has a fan a and then that in turn turns a generator or whatever a motor and then lights up an led yeah, well, you have like a little tail light on the back of your helmet yeah, yeah exactly. they do. it's just a running light not a stoplight yeah no it's just right. a running light yeah. i don't think it's on sailboats too that the, the prop turns backwards when you're going if you're under sail and it charges your batteries oh nice so are you guys familiar with a little helmet company called hjc yeah they're pretty reliable they're not known for lame ass fuckery no they're legit You'd think if somebody says, I'm going to give you an HJC helmet accessory, you'd be like, that's going to be legit. Yeah. I'm not going to have any problems with that. Unless, of course, it's the wind light. <laughs> Turbine-powered LED lights. Wind-powered, no wow. batteries required. Get noticed, it says. Try this. Ready? Here, I'm an expert. Oh, you're an expert. <sighs> uh, <laughs> oh, that works. <laughs> it fucking works. And I tell you, shelf life, 20-plus years. <laughs> Legit. It was closed out at $15 seven years ago. It was original MSRP of $29.99, a uh, Copex. Uh, simply affixed the wind light using the supplied adhesive tape provided. And literally, water resistance, maintenance free. It gives you a guide for the optimum position. Mm -hmm. And it says, do not attempt to remove and reposition. <laughs> not yeah. recommended for heavy rain or freezing conditions. Like you could do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. No but batteries if required. I could, if I had a dollar for the for every time I got stuck in rain or freezing conditions, exactly, I'd have like yeah. six hundred dollars. But I, I will pass this around to anybody who wants to play with it. I'll the, give uh, you MSRP for it. Right? Oh no, you don't need to. You can see what it's been marked down to, my friend. Yeah. Close out. We're yeah. taking we're taking a twenty one percent loss on the current pricing. <laughs> in fact, every time I sell one, That's it's my phenomenal. gift to you. Right. Jeez, I think so that, cool. if I was single, I would use that as that, my. That date. should be the Cleveland Moto uh, special buy of the week. No, yeah. but but for those of you haters, I have a full. Buy this or no, John. If you promise to put it on your helmet, you can have it. I'll put it on my helmet right now. I, I will give you one. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, can we take it to bars and see if we have potential dates? Like whoever can light it up. Right, who can light it up the most? Uh, hey. Is this your last one, or do you have more? I have more, John. Oh, I have man. more. Want to hear a joke? Phil invested deeply. Chris, do I want to hear a joke? Do we want to hear, hear John's joke. Only on yeah. days that yeah. end in why, as in why aren't you telling me a joke right now? So a guy is late for an important meeting, but he can't find a place to park. In desperation, he begins to pray, please, Lord, help me find a parking spot right now. I promise to go to church every Sunday and never drink vodka again. A moment later, he sees a beautiful empty parking spot right next to the entrance. Never mind, I found one. <laughs> vodka speaking of vodka and other clear liquors um eric baum one of our podcast listeners showed up remember when i wrote you guys i read you guys this awesome email the other day uh other podcast about a guy who was like hey look i listened to your podcast oh, yeah. so i know the rules i'm gonna call and make an appointment 
I'm going to oh, show up. Yeah, I'm going to show up oh, yeah. and I'm going to be invisible. You're not even going to know I'm here. I'm going to just wander around the shop like a phantom mist. He wanted cool guy status. And he just wanted cool. cool guy status, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He just wanted cool guy status. <laughs> and that's all he cared about. And God bless him, man. Like he legit straight up knew the rules. All right. That's cool. And I love that fact. I mean, I just love that whole jam. And he says, I wanted to pop up on a Friday or Saturday to look at the Vespa 300s. I see that you're only by appointment, but I wondered if you guys could shoot me an email or text when you know you'll have a few appointments and the doors would be open. I promise not to get in the way. I know you're busy. I would like to just familiarize myself with them in person. Probably won't be purchasing one from you until mid-July or September. Thank you for your valuable time. And if this is unreasonable a request, I do apologize. My intention is not to make the douche designation, but to be a cool guy. <laughs> Okay, that's when I know I'm coming in a little hard on our podcast. That's when I know <laughs> that I might be over. I, I, we are all friends. Yeah. We know. But you're not using the flaps. You're coming in. in I'm a coming slip. in hot. Yeah. I'm coming in a slip. I'm coming in hot. No flaps. We're going to run this bitch all the way out to the end of the runway. But he came in and not only did he come in, but he brought a bottle of liquor. Wow. <laughs> and he asked ahead of time. Should it be brown liquor? And I said, no, we have no more room on the top of the refrigerator for brown liquor. He brought a handle of Bacardi rum. Yes. Nice. John? Thank you, sir. Yeah. So now <laughs> we're going to be able to make party drinks, right? Yes. So we'll make we'll make some kind of fun punch. Because Crybaby can't drink brown liquor. Uh, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> well, he showed up with a brown paper bag. And so, you know, we have listeners yeah, yeah, yeah. and people that show up with brown paper bags. But this brown paper bag was fun-sized. I mean, well, you know, all the fun-sized. And James is like, what the fuck is in there? A gun or a bomb or what? And I was like, I opened it up and it's a giant handle of Bacardi. And I'm like, no, that's... Happiness. Happiness. That is sunshine and, and chocolate. That is all the good things. We're not pretentious when it comes to our rum. We believe that the best ingredient for rum is fruit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fruit and and nothing gets fruitier than our podcast so you want to know what this fucking lunatic does mm -hmm. he buys a goddamn gts 300 oh wow. really oh, so you flat. talk about it's you talk about July. you talk about, about good customers you talk about under promise and over deliver yeah this yeah. motherfucker under promised and over delivered that's when he's like oh, i got an average size cock and then just blows you away yeah yeah he's like okay here comes the tape measure all right just enough to win boys just enough to win he blew us the fuck away and he did he straight up straight cool. up bought a fucking brand new vespa uh, go figure never happens uh but i thought that was badass podcast listeners go figure so yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. Did you see it see, coming? I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Your, your buyer education program has yeah, been working. Yeah, it is working. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. Tough love works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, here's the rule here. John Minikowski, one of our podcast Patreons. Got to love motherfuckers who give us money to buy pizza and drinks. Got to love that. Keep the cards and letters coming. Really dumb question. Growing up when charging batteries, I was always told to remove and secure the positive. Then remove the negative. Most of the new videos show disconnecting the negative first. What are your thoughts? Jump starts were always negative first, then positive. Was I taught the wrong way? Negative. Take the negative off because when you take the positive off and you touch anything metal, you're going to 
go Park. direct Thank short. Thank you. Right. But so, also, you never go to the battery with the negative jump. You go to a frame. Always take, always put the positive on first mm-hmm. because the negative is not yet part of the operation. Mm-hmm. So when you're putting a battery in, you put the positive on first because anything you touch the negative to by accident is supposed to be negative ground. And like mm-hmm. old Hondas are like the frame is literally right there. It's right by the terminal. You, you will literally have to touch the frame with the screwdriver. Yes, you do. The, you know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can weld Guaranteed. Real quick. You can instantly <laughs> become a welder. Yeah. Unless just like of that. course, unless of course, if it's positive ground, right. Right. which no, I don't think any 12 volt systems are positive. Right. Ground. No, no, no we're not going to talk volt. about that. Right. Yeah. But positive ground would be the opposite. So they're like the Marines. The first in, the last out. The positive terminals like the Marines. They're the first in and they're the last out. So just remember that. So you can take off your negative terminal first because you take your negative terminal off. Then if the battery happens to hit the frame rail or something while you're jostling it around, nobody cares. So first in. So when the battery's going in, the positive is first. When the battery's coming out, the positive is last. When you're jumping positives to positives, the donor vehicle, the donor vehicle gets the negative jumper, the negative terminal on the jumper cables, and then the victim vehicle, the recipient. The, the bottom. The quick, bottom. The bottom. <laughs> there you go. A quick, just a quick little the note. The power on, bottom goes to the frame. Right. right. Just a little or quick chassis. note on that. Yeah. Um, make sure you go right to where the terminal is connecting to the battery post. Yep. Don't go back here to another part of it because there's a fusible link yes, there in is. there. Especially Absolutely. like on Fords and stuff. Yep. Yep. And when you go to jump, you could actually kill. Oh, you're going to kill it. You blow that fusible yeah. link. And yep. now the jumping vehicle, yep. it needs jumped. Absolutely. Actually, it needs the fusible link replaced before it'll ever stop. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And Guaranteed. also, turn your donor. The donor vehicle should have its lights on to absorb the surge. It's not a bad idea because on most vehicles that are running non-LED lights. Or your fan or right, whatever. Right. Something is going to be the, the, the surge. Something's going to take the bump. Because that is what, and also it doesn't help you to have the donor vehicle running. If the donor vehicle is running, uh, what can happen as soon as you hook up the victim vehicle, the voltage regulator mm-hmm. from the donor vehicle sees this incredible, incredible load and the voltage regulator in the donor vehicle goes max full overcharge, which can sometimes murder the voltage regulator in the donor vehicle, which or we've seen alternator. that happen a bunch of times. Or like you said, mm-hmm. it'll blow out the diodes in the alternator. Because that, you know, your alternator in that vehicle has never seen that kind of a load before. So wait, you're hooking me to a 300 amp battery that has seven volts. And I'm going to try to charge that motherfucker with my diode that's inside my alternator and my voltage regulator Boy, if it's a motorcycle. You're telling me Uncle Rufus was wrong when he had his car on the two-step going, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, All right, yeah, hook yeah, it up yeah. now. Right, hook it up now. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no that's Cause, not it. Because most alternators right. are just maintenance. They're maintenance they're charging. Maintenance that's charging, exactly so. right. The health of the battery has way more to do with how much you rev. And then super secret tip from your Unky Phil, Mo conductas the better. So if you've got one set of jumper cables... Golf clap. If you've got three sets of jumper cables, watch that bitch start. If you got one set of rusty old nasty yeah, jumper cables, right. they were sitting in water. In so your I have proved that the battery tender leads, those little ridiculous 18 gauge battery tender leads, that you can back them up to each other and have like six sets of them. And that is equal to a set of eight gauge jumper cables. And it's remarkable how much better something will jump if you take the time to throw more copper at the problem. 
Uh, have you guys seen the video of the guys jump starting two military vehicles using AK 47s? Ass to ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't? No. Oh, oh, okay. Glad you asked. Uh, yeah. So, you know, AK 47s are made of metal, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a, a video about how to jumpstart a car with an AK-47. And the trick is it's not really just one AK-47. You need more of them than one. But the good news with AK-47s is in the industry, there's a bunch of them around. You know, if there's one AK-47, there's bound to be nine or ten of you assholes with them. So the trick is basically all you're using them as is a piece of metal, right? So and Get that's your stripper clips out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yes, yeah, so that's that's all it is. So you can see right here, we've got gentleman one with the AK-47 is using the dipstick. So the, <laughs> the, the cleaning rod on the AK. So the cleaning rod on the AK is going to the AK, and then the other guy's buttstock of the AK is going to the negative terminal. So all the positive electrons are running through AK number one, and all the negative electrons are running through AK number two. Mission accomplished. Car started. Damn. Metal is metal. You can't stop metal from being conductive. And now the firing pin is, is welded shut. <laughs> the only problem is like the round isn't going to detonate it's not going to detonate but the point is we all know that where the arc happens is yep. welding yep. so you might never get that cleaning rod off the end of that barrel or at least not today so anyway i thought that was fun i thought you might like that you can jump start cars with ak-47s you can act jump start cars bayonet, so it makes it easier yeah bayonets are good too uh in the army our trick was when we had the old jeeps there used to be this jeep called the m151 jeep and uh it oh, was the rockster uh, What's that? It's a Rockstar. Yeah, almost a Rockstar. So the Jeep was called the M151. That was the Jeep that we had when the military, when I was in, and dinosaurs roamed the earth. So we had these before the Humvees came along. And the trick was you would park the Jeep with the tow pintle on the wheel. So the, the hub of the wheel has a little tow pintle so you can load it in a helicopter. And then you would take the, the wire that goes into the turn signal light or the running light, and you would unplug it from your Jeep and plug it into your buddy's Jeep with the dead battery. And you leave it that way. And you just go have a beer or a cigarette or whatever. And so you'd go have a cigarette and all the electrons would leak out of the good Jeep into the bad Jeep. Well, half of them would. And the batteries would equalize. And then you'd go over and start the, start the bad Jeep simply by parking them nut to nut. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it's docking. Right, so that's how you do it. Yeah, and you can do it. You can so jumpstart a Jeep without jumping. for cable. Jeeps. It yeah. really is. Yeah. yeah, you just kind of park them next to each other and get them to know each other for a little while. Super fun. That's good stuff. I like that. So mid-Ohio's coming up. Yep. We're all st- Oscar was talking some mad shit about selling his Trail 110. You're yep. skipping like two events there. Oh, am I now? How much yeah. do you want for that? Lake Erie Loop and you're skipping Band Camp. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about Band Camp. Uh, you know what? I'm not talking about Bandcamp. I don't want to curse that shit, man. Because okay. Bandcamp's been real sensitive. Like, there was no Bandcamp last year. There was no Bandcamp the year before. We're being real careful about Bandcamp. Like, you say the wrong thing and COVID could go like, fuck you. <laughs> I'll show you Bandcamp. You've been waiting for three years? You're my bitch now. Now, Lake Erie Loop. Tell us about Lake Erie Loop, John. What is, what is Cleveland Moto going to do for Lake Erie Loop? We're sending, in, I think, a three-man team. Uh, sponsored by Sleepy Cinch Hollow's uh, condominiumizers. <laughs> condominiumizers. Condominumizers. Does that make condoms smaller? Yes, it does. It's a condominumizer? Yeah. yeah. For In those case of your you, condom was too big. For those of you less endowed, he, he's got some condominumizers. Condominumizers. 
Oh my god! I found god. a need and I filled it. And you filled it. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like we're going to be uh, at six a.m. Saturday morning, As leaving in Claire, Dark Thirty Claremar Campground. Yeah, uh, it's not really going to be a Lake Erie loop because we can't get up through Canada still. Still, so we still can't get through Canada. I mean, you could try. Oh, Canada, I don't think you can get through Canada, but it's not a good idea, right? So it's going to go from New London or Wellington, Wellington. Ohio, yeah, Wellington, Ohio. campground, yep. uh, down to New Philadelphia, over to Coshocton, over to Circleville, and then up through you know the the western part of Ohio, right. to Kenton, Ohio, yep, background. Yeah, it's basically doing a loop of Ohio. It's about 400 miles, so it's knocking about 250 miles off of a regular Lake Erie yep. loop. So it should be a walk in the park. Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be any problem at all. I mean, I'm, everybody's bikes the, can go. What are the rules of this event? Oh, boy, you're going to like this. I mean, there's three classes. Well, there's actually four classes now, but there's no. a 50cc class, a 125cc class, a 200cc class, and now a 250cc class. That's the simple. There's more details to follow, but oh, I could 250 class. Well, yeah, you yep. could. Yep, you can. You oh. uh, but they said something about no enduros, which I thought was stupid. They asked me about the 250 rules that when they were setting up the class, and they didn't listen to me, and whatever. I'm not. I'm well, whatever. so is my TNT in the 125 class or 130? 135. So it'd be the 200 class then. Ha ha. Oh. oh. The rules the set up too, to right? fuck you. The no, the buddy's in 125. Buddy's oh, 125. 125. Yeah. Yeah. But I really wouldn't worry about it. Uh, they have yeah. 26 trophies. And yeah. They're all getting passed out. I was <laughs> going to say, there's 26 <laughs> trophies and 24 like, entrants. Participa- yeah. yeah, participation yeah. awards. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then other people, you can also go as a tourist class. Right. Some people, it, it benefits aluminum cans for burned children. Right. And so that's... So all the burned kids get all the aluminum cans they can handle. Yeah. <laughs> they really like the beer cans when there's still a little bit of beer left in them. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're cold. <laughs> My first bike was a 83 Honda MB5. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. MB5s have showed ice in Lake Erie Loop. Still have it, so I need to try and get it here for that event next year. Yeah. 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 So there you go. But, I, uh, it's yeah. fun. It's a, you know, it's a great day just if you... Want to get out and just spend a day riding your nuts off? Here you go. Yep. This is the trip for you. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, 50. Uh, the, well, I mean, our friend Stefan did 26 hours on yeah. a Zuma or a Riva or Vino 50. As a Vino 50, a Vino, yep. 26 hours and 19 layers of clothing. So when he started, he was wearing clothes, but it was a particularly cold June 6th. By the time he got back, we were, John and I were strategically trying to delay the awards ceremony. By like basically being assholes. Because John and I got home first. John got home first. I got home right behind John. He came in first place. I came in no, second. because you had a poop. One poop stop will fuck you on this race. Not joking. <laughs> I mean, Phil was the leader the whole way around. I was, I did not, nobody passed then me. Then nature called. And then nature called. And I had to go into the, the truck stop on the, on the turnpike to drop a deuce. And I'm pulling my pants up and I hear this. go by and i poke i run out and i see this fucking him on a on a cb cm 200 200. cb200 and i'm like (laughs) seriously and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me i couldn't take one shit my back teeth were floating there was nothing i could do i had a turtle head poking out i was in bad shape just go yeah right I guess I fed like my the bike. runners. Yeah. He's like the thing with the shit. We knew we were hunt- I knew we were hunting you though. We were like, 
The only person we haven't seen is Phil. We haven't seen him at all. That means he's in front. So it was pretty much, I would pull over. <clears throat> my brother would come up, dump fool on my bike, and I'd take off again. Right. And we just kept hitting it like that. And yeah. I, I knew we'd catch you. Yeah. Cheater. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a sag truck. That's not even fair. This is what John was riding. Uh, it's not against the rules, so okay. it's fair. This is what John was riding. That looks like a legit racing vehicle, doesn't yeah, it? Does. Dustbin fairing. Yeah. I mean, that looks legit. That's a cool looking exhaust. motorcycle, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I hope this picture comes up. I hope to God this picture comes up. Because what I was riding was slightly less intimidating. <laughs> yeah. What I was riding, well, wasn't so intimidating. Yeah. I'm riding a Buddy 125. And I had him beat for six Ten hours. Uh, yeah, ten hours. Yeah. For ten hours of the race, I had him beat, and then I had to poo. And then when I had to poo, he got <laughs> that was past your me, and I couldn't catch him. I tried like shit. I couldn't catch him. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't catch him. And you were two pounds lighter. Wow. Yeah, I was lighter. Right. And the whole thing, and I mean, at this <laughs> point, I knew who passed me. I had no mufflers. And he was in a different class. So honestly, I was going to get They're first place in my class. class. He was going to get first place in his class. The only thing that matters, though, is best overall. Best overall, right? And I was so angry. And, I mean, we're going through construction areas, and I'm on the wrong sides of the barrels. I'm, like, (laughs) in neighborhoods on streets and sidewalks and shit. And I couldn't fucking catch him for anything. And you passed me in New York, right? I saw you, it was like, "Eh." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He passed me, I think, Angola, New York. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he passed me just this side of Buffalo. So when he passed me, it took him a whole lake to catch me. But well, then like once a, he caught me, I couldn't I get him back. Hour to an hour fucking around tearing yeah. my exhaust pipes off. Yeah. Running straight headers. Yeah, it was fucking, it was terrible. And whatever the time difference was between when you came in, when I came in. It wasn't big. It wasn't big at all. And it was straight up like wow. after 10 or 12 hours on the motorcycle, your legs don't work anymore. Mm. And I straight up got off the bike and I fell off my ass. Like, <laughs> And then you start shivering because yeah. it's like, even though it wasn't really that cold, you've had 11 hours. It was 11 hours and 35 minutes of in the exposure. Wind. Of wind and chill. That, yeah. And I yeah. felt like I had been in a gimp cage because I had turned <laughs> this I turned this Buddy 125 scooter into a suppository, and I was locked in a tuck. There's no windshield on that bike. There's yeah. nothing. I had a Sharpie marker, and I was writing all my, my notes on the speedometer so I could estimate my you know time over distance and my my fuel and when i came into the the campsite i was done there was nothing left of the bike there was nothing left of me and all i wanted to do was like one hate him because it would have been so spectacular to come in as the underdog on a pink fucking scooter and win the bitch but no john had to win it so there you go (laughs) yeah do you know see the see this picture see the guy behind me that's what it looks like to lose to a buddy 125. That's the hateful look on your face when you lose to a buddy 125. And that dude probably like is like Bruce, where like everything spent, in his life is about the Lake Erie. Yeah, and he yeah. spent seven months creating a hand formed dustbin fairing for his fucking. No, that guy in the back, background of the picture is the son of the guy who invented Lake Erie Loop. Oh, nice. So oh, he's no. literally living in the shadow of the Lake Erie Loop. Yeah. Like yeah. he didn't get a good Christmas because of the Lake Erie Loop. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's. <laughs> it's more fun to say it that way though <laughs> it's great to say he was neglected because of the lake Erie loop but yeah that oh, mother he's the one who always like someday 
I'm going to build the ultimate Lake Erie yeah. loop bike and make yeah. my dad proud. That is oh, that's absolutely shit. true. And then to <laughs> get his never... ass handed to him by an asshole on a brand new Buddy 125 <laughs> <laughs> who was drinking until seven seconds before the race started. <laughs> we were standing and it was pouring down rain and we were standing underneath it on a picnic table holding down the e- easy up drinking. Yep. They're like, well, it's time to get ready to go, boys. We're like, really? Okay. (laughs) Oh, shit. Were we supposed to sleep? (laughs) I was like, oh, it's pretty cold. I'm going to put another pair of pants on. And like, that was the most underprepared I've ever been for a motorcycle endurance event. Because I was like, well, even if I do it wrong, it's like 12 hours. Like, even if I go slow, it's only 660 miles. So I was like, 660 miles is nothing. Like, that's, that's not a big deal. But then I forgot to factor in. I was riding a 125cc bike. <laughs> I was like, oh, all my math is wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, because your, your average speed is probably 50 miles an hour. I managed to. So if you look at my data, like all my, my data that I kept, because this was the first time anybody had ever used the Buddy 125 in anger. Uh, all in my anger. data, <laughs> I did an average speed. So of the entire event, duration of the event, my average speed was over 60 miles per hour. That is awesome. Which is in fucking yeah, possible. It's yeah, it's impossible. So that I made, and my highest speed recorded was 72 miles per hour. Damn. So the, and I was using GPS, not speed. You were pinned for constantly. I was never not hours. pinned. I was just pinned the entire time. Wow. And the only oh, thing it's, that it's pinned and then trying to draft it off yeah, of anything. Yeah, yeah. You right. can the find. only thing that changed my results was drafting. Wow. And I could watch my GPS pull me up to 72.7 miles per hour just because I was drafting behind a truck. Well, I could draft behind John all day. <laughs> 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 Won't be the first time. Ouch, man. Ouch. Oh, yeah. He helped me in New York. I mean, we, yeah. He was, he was riding my XT250. And and I would just get in right behind him, and we could get up to like what sixty five or something, sixty five yeah. miles an hour. Wow, yeah, that was great. I mean, that was really, that was really fun. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, like that's the kind of thing. It's what this situation calls for is a bizarre and futile gesture, and that's what the Lake Erie Loop is. It is a completely pointless because you're stopping at the same place you started. But in between it, you're going to another stupid country. I mean, not saying Canada's a stupid country. I'm just saying yeah, the idea of going there. Five so how long are you going to be here? That was the joke. <laughs> when I got to customs in the Ambassador Bridge in Detroit, and the customs official said, so how long are you going to be in Canada? I said, as short as humanly possible. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I said, we're doing, a, part- we're doing a, a, a rally for charity, for aluminum cans for burned children. It's a, a charity for kids. And he goes, what? And I was like, yeah, we're riding underpowered motorcycles on a, a circle around Lake Erie for charity. So how long are you going to be in Canada? And I said, well, I figure about five hours, maybe six. Did you bring anything in? You're looking at it, baby. <laughs> like, you know, that, that was it. This, I, this is it. Would you like to inspect this? Because this is all I got, man. You got any regulations for pythons? <laughs> hey. You're costing uh, me time. Yeah. So uh, our podcast listener, Michael Woods, asked a question for Oscar. What? what is your take on Gas Monkey sponsoring Hickman at the TT? Oh, it didn't really it. bother me until they are interviewed and they said they have one first time out. Yeah. Bit like McDonald's taking credit for Usain Bolt. As far as I can tell, their only contribution was the awful paint scheme. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, what is your opinion of Gas Monkey Garage coming in and literally. 
makes no sense. Spending their way into the guy who won last and, year. And it wasn't just Hickey. I think there was some other yeah. uh, sidecar yep. and some other uh, riders that also won. Well, the sidecar actually did win, I think, also. Mm-hmm. Well, his gas monkey garage, the guy with that, the goatee, mm-hmm. the yeah. douchebag guy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and, Richard Rollins. Yeah, oh, I hate yeah. that guy. Yeah, worse He's than a anything, douche. on top of this, yeah. He's also been buying collections out lately. He yep. fucking bought the largest fucking vintage motorcycle collection out from some guy just to make a shit ton of money off of it. Like, he bought, like, 1,200 <laughs> bikes off this fucking dude. It's called an investment? No, no, no. But he's not part of the community. Like, he's not a no, motorcyclist. Not. You know what I'm saying? Like... Well, it's just like he those is now. Yeah. It's just like those yeah. discovered it's just another like yeah. guy's yeah. Right, exactly. Like, right. Oh, these bikes. Wow. <laughs> Turns ahead. out I like cocaine. Who'd have thought? <laughs> I, hate, I hate it. I just love the way it smells. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that is a, that is a your chocolates in my peanut butter situation for, for Hickman. Yeah. Because yeah. the one thing, if you guys follow the Isle of Man, you'll know that there's not a lot of money in it. No. The guys who do the best in it are all broke because they can't stop spending money there or they're dead. So you either do it until you're broke or dead. It's all about the it's the whole Dunlop yeah. fa- family. Yeah. So if you can get a sponsor, <laughs> so if you can find like a crazy Saudi Arabian guy, or you can find a crazy African guy, or you can kind of find a crazy prince of Nigeria that wants to sponsor you and put you on a motorcycle, you'll suck a gas monkey flavored dick if you have to for a while because because <laughs> that that guy you know the guy who's literally has everything he wants to win the Isle of Man. When we saw him in his trailer, oh yeah, he was eating the equivalent of an MRE. You know, he wasn't having food catered in no. like the BMW teams. Like the BMW oh, teams have got oh, wow. seven trailers in their own yeah. city. Whereas... Covered with the AC yeah, and the yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who the hell brings a city's power grid to do a race? And yeah, the answer crazy. is like, that's BMW's solution. The Germans. The Germans. The Germans. <laughs> it's true. But the color scheme does suck ass. It, it's it's a really, it, I don't like it. It's, well, it's I like, like a Kawasaki food, green, but the rest painted, of it's spray painted, like stupid. shitty, like graffiti style fucking logo. It, it just, it, it looks. Everything that guy has done usually is Well, you see what color that is? See the color? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what color that is? Kawasaki. That's BMW green. Oh, BMW. That's a BMW motorcycle. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you weren't sure, you see that little tiny rondelle in the front? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a BMW motorcycle. Uh, I don't know who decided it should be Kawasaki Green, but okay, whatever. I don't judge, right? Because yeah. <laughs> that's an M1000RR. But anywho. But they made a lot of change. So Hickey was one, and then yeah. the other one was McGinnis not right. doing the Norton anymore. Right. Exactly. He's a, he's a Honda guy now. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, it's, Hickey's team last year was FHO Racing, yep, which yep. is like, you know, nobody has ever heard of that ever, right? But Gas Monkey is a massive empire along the lines of, say, I don't know, West Coast Choppers or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Orange County Choppers. I mean, that's, you know, it's uh, it's Discovery Channel famous. So I Gas Monkey is Gas Monkey. Take what money it gets. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's yeah. why if the Shaw of Iran wants to sponsor your race team this year, <laughs> yep. you go for it. Uh, when you were watching last year's MotoGP that they were nice enough to put on Amazon, they did the whole series, which is mm. great. I mean, great video. You saw that the guy that was running the team that ultimately by the end of the year got cut was what? He was not a guy who's like, you know, he's not Brembo from Brembo Brakes. He's not, you know, some motorcycle related product. He's miscellaneous Saudi Arabian prince, you know, that mm. happens to run a motorcycle miscellaneous team. Miscellaneous prince. 
I want to be sponsored by a Nigerian prince who's trying to cash in his family's wealth. Send me $4,000 and I will let you get to my bank account that has $4 billion. No, it's, it's I need $20 million worth of expenses. How can I make $20 million disappear really quickly? And Team Ducati goes... So we're good at this. <laughs> yeah, it's your 1,500-mile service. Right. It's, Team Ducati's like, oh, you need to make a whole lot of money disappear really quick. We have a whole department for that. Yeah, that's so, a so Phil, the, the, wait, wait. So the, we saw the last yep. electric race. Yep. They didn't bring it back this year. Nope. No zero. That's right. Electric races at all. Yep. And then the other thing, remember that, that number that's sticking number out 19, there? That's right. They took the thing down. It doesn't exist anymore. I know. So that slate that we have hanging up on the wall, which is one of the hand-painted slates from the original Isle of Man scoreboard, yep. which was run for ages, over 100 years, by the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of the Isle of Man. And it was a major component of the Isle of Man TT was the scoreboard. And the scoreboard and yeah. was a big deal. And I'm not saying that I stole one of the numbers off the scoreboard. <laughs> I'm not saying that actually happened. Uh, I didn't either. Well, it's crazy because I read this article saying that they really wanted to bring it back, but they were missing, but they were missing the number 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They tore it down in 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah, but the, the, the creepy, after. weird thing about like that scoreboard and why that number is significant is the day after we stole that number, the guy who was racing in that slot died. That yeah. was the only guy that died. That was the only guy that died. That, that, wow. yeah. So out of the, the entire season, the entire so, running. Because he was so distracted by losing yeah. his number. Bad, yeah, yeah, they didn't know what to call him. Bad know, juju, yeah. man. So right. it would be too much just to paint another one. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I mean, we, we were bored. It was raining. We, didn't, we had lack of stimulation. And <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a race that day. We're there just looking around, around the paddock. Yeah. But you can see, see the, the guys painting, painting the actual numbers on the thing, and that's what's hanging on the wall back there is an actual slate from the original Isla Man TT leaderboard. And it's hilarious. Well, hilarious. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that the iconic thing of the Isla Man for over 100 years was torn down because Oscar and I didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we, we didn't see the uh, blue helmets that right. year because there was right. raining. The purple helmets. So the yeah, purple, purple helmets. So this yeah. year hey, was hey. there... Purple helmet Love Warriors? Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Was, was the last year that they uh, are going to do any showing. <gasps> That's it. They're done. They just did it like... Yes, what? I think yesterday. Is it really over? Days ago. Yeah. Is it really, it really over? It was their last showing... Oh, I'm not happy about that at all. Yeah, they're done. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. 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 The the purple helmets are known for their motorcycle based shenanigans. Um, You should, by all means, look up purple helmet right now. Careful, (laughs) careful. I'm going to recommend using your kid's laptop from school. (laughs) Make sure the parent watches that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the purple helmets, uh, the purple helmets are the absolute shit. And, uh, yep. And so while they're done, yeah, and they're done. So that's it. So that's another thing that is less fun at the Isle of Man because Oscar and Phil aren't there. God Mm. damn it, man. This is how, this is how it happens. I saw, I saw a meme the other day, speaking of the Isle of Man TT, somebody crashed their bike around here Mm -hmm. and the guy's like, Oh, I feel bad. But have you ever crashed your bike and then sat on a petrol can smoking a cigarette in your leathers? Cause it was like John, Joey Dunlop, he like yeah, crashed Joey. and he was yeah. sitting on this thing yeah. with gas pouring out, smoking a cigarette. When, uh, when 
McGinnis crashed. Well, McGinnis's bike decided it didn't want to be a motorcycle anymore and decided it wanted to be artwork. <laughs> yeah. It was right when we were at the Raven and we're like hanging out the Raven, being cool, like being like the super fans that we are, right front dead center. And he comes by. Here comes Joe McGinnis, and he's like, oh. John McGinnis. He comes by and he's like, and the bike's totally dead because he was the only guy that didn't jump seventy feet on the fucking bridge, oh, yeah. right? Just and he like <laughs> farted out the bridge, and he comes out and like legit. He parks the. He leans the bike against the wall. Yeah. And we're like, oh yeah. And he goes, anybody want to buy me a pint? I seem to have left my wallet in my other pants. <laughs> <laughs> Guy shows up nine seconds later and, you know, we're, we're out doing our thing. Like we're smoking and drinking, whatever. And he comes out and he's like, you guys enjoying the races then, right? And, <laughs> and he's just like, and he instantly is like, anybody got a fag? And like 97 <laughs> cigarettes get thrown at him. You know, it was so cool. And he's just hanging out watching the race with the rest of us now. And we're like, God damn, this is, this yeah. is the greatest event in motorsports because he's like, I'm done. Yeah. What cool. is he going to do at that point? Nothing. He's going to hang out and drink yeah, a beer. That's, and right. cigarettes. that's, that's right. what he's going to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, when the bike he was on, the electric, he was on crapped out. Mm. The electric wouldn't make the whole lap. So it crapped out way the fuck over, you know, uh, at the, the far North side of the course. And he wanted to make it in for the next motorcycle race, the, the super sport class. So he literally went up to somebody and went, I'm taking your scooter. Come and get it later in the paddock. And he did. He went and borrowed a Suzuki scooter off of some dude who just happened to be there. And he grabbed the scooter and went out onto an active raceway. Yes, an active raceway, a raceway that still had people racing on it. At 180 miles an hour. On an electric scooter. Nice. And got it all the way back to the paddock so he wouldn't miss the launch of the next race. And I was like, to be the guy who's just like, no, how am I going to get where I need to go? It's fucking John McGinnis. You give him the fucking keys, man. Like, yeah, that's it. You give him the fucking keys. But Isle of Man is a very weird race. So it's just a, a, the whole thing's a weird place. It's a different planet. It doesn't, it's, it's not long for this earth, but I was very happy that we got to see it when we did. Yeah. And then this year I've had a lot of heartbreak and a lot of heartache because I'm not there. So yeah, so that's kind of weird. We have to go back. We got to go back. That's exactly right. We got to give it a, he- a year or so to heal. Yeah, yeah. Cause this year I think they're having some questions about like, you know, they're not, they're not in the flow of things. This year was a putting it together about slept dash. So, uh, we are game on for Mid-Ohio. In case anybody was wondering, I know you listen to this podcast because you want the Mid-Ohio report. It's fucking game on. Bring it like it hasn't been brought in a really long time. Uh, you need to do everything you can to get there. And then once you get there, remember that it will rain. Yep. It will be muddy. Yep. It will be uh, 95 degrees and hot and sunny. It will get all the weather conditions. And you should bring... More like a pig farm. Yep. It should, you should bring more food than you think you need to bring. You should bring more liquor or beer than you think you need to bring. It's just make dehydrated liquor. They do. (laughs) What if it was like, I have some beer in my car that has electrolytes in it. What if if it was like cosmic candy and you could just be like bourbon? Ah, don't you remember? Like they had the, the dehydrated alcohol powder. And oh, all the kids yeah. were dying. Like, yeah, they were, like, yeah, yeah, snorting yeah. it yes. and fucking getting mauled and stuff. Well, there really is some dehydrated alcohol yeah, stuff. Well, I think they stopped the selling fuck? it now. Yeah, it, was, it was murdering people. Yep. They, they sell it up at Speculator New York. Oh, they do? Oh, get some. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. No, it was like yeah, a, I remember all that. these teenage kids were getting it because nobody knew what it. they were doing, it, and they were snorting it, and it was yep. fucking them up, man. Dehydrated alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, alcohol is the first thing that leaves. Yeah. Yeah. 
When you unhydrate something, the alcohol leaves before the water does. Right. There's vaping alcohol. Like, so I, I don't know. I that during the COVID thing about like, what if you filled your lungs with a, a hit of alcohol, held it there for a while, would it kill, like at least surface, you know, like. Kill that's, the COVID? That's actually a good way to kill yourself. It kills you with it. It kills you too. It's the roundup yeah. of the human body. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Put your blood alcohol at like. Okay. Yeah. All right. All okay. right. You got anything else for us, man? So many things, but You're I'll have to here. come back for some other time. Yeah, 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 yeah that's <laughs> fine. You can throw anything you want at us. We'll see if it sticks. Uh, no hate mail? I'd like to read the back of his shirt. It says, go fast, don't die. Go fast, don't die. Yeah, yeah go fast, don't die. We created the ride fast, take chances thing. Nice. And uh, just when we got into a bidding war over it with the guys from uh, Lowbrow. So Lowbrow was like, no, man, that's ours. And I was like, no, that's that's ours. I did that a long time ago. And uh, have fit tape. Right, I was going to say, we have evidence of Ride Fast, Don't ch- Take Chances from a very, very long time ago. And then Will Stoner, who's 193 years old, wanders out, world-class motocross racer and everything else. Will Stoner comes out and he goes, fuck you, Phil, that's my thing. I was saying that in the 60s. And I'm like, <laughs> you got to yield to that, man. Okay, it's Will Stoner's thing. That's fine. I ripped off Will Stoner. I'll take that shit. Um the one thing that uh, one of our, our podcast listeners did chime in on the secret bat phone, Dave Grasso, he says, I bought a CB 700 SC as my first bike in college. That goddamn deer in that ge- goddamn gear indicator ruined me for years. I never learned to pay attention to what gear I was in. I started doing track days on an SV 650 and I had to relearn to pay attention. Yeah. Fuck gear indicators. I got to say, man, if you go, if you look, I know Chris, I know you're deferential to your GS450E Buck Rogers motorcycle. Yes. It does have a gear indicator. Yes. And I think they're in different colors even. No. Uh, oh, they're not? All red. They're all, all red. red. Yeah, my, my <laughs> GS850s have They're all red. And too. yours has one too. Yeah. yeah. Ah, However. You're, you're either in the wrong gear, right? Or the right gear. And if you're in the wrong gear, go up. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. go down, situationally dependent. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to know that I'm in the wrong gear, and it happens to be third. If I look down and go, I'm in the wrong gear, I'm already lost because I look down. My bike doesn't have a gear indicator. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It, has, it has ein gear. Yeah. I love, like, the whole world of electrics. Like, where's the clutch handle? Well, you can put one on oh, if you want. Yeah, it'll right. make you feel better. <laughs> like, we'll oh. give you some little thing to squeeze. No, my my GS better. doesn't have one either. It actually doesn't even have a fuel indicator. It just has a dummy light. A dummy light, yeah. Which is fine. I, I, the number of people that come into my store for the past 22 years and say, like, well, does it have a gear indicator? Hmm. I will admit it's kind of nice. Is it really? I like it. Yeah. Really? I don't know. I, my problem, and I'm a dummy, but oh. I've... I, I like for don't apologize. No, I'm apologizing for this because I learned the wrong way. When I come to a stop, right, I clutch in, yeah, and I don't sometimes will not downshift. Well, fair enough. And so I'll I'll be stopped, oh. and then I look down and go, oh, right, I'm in fourth. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta, like, kick down. Oh, I'd rather have the moment of embarrassment and then yeah, furiously right. try to find the basement. It, it, <laughs> sure. no, it teaches you how to use the clutch. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a gear indicator in my car. I put it in D, and it 
does that, right. whatever it does. It could be in 15th gear. I don't know. My stick no, has, numbers, on stick it. has no. numbers on it, but I'll never look at it. No, that's first, third, <laughs> exactly. or fifth. <laughs> when you punch, overdrive is when you're first. punching through the dashboard. Yeah. yeah. So, Anybody who drives three on the tree knows that shit. But yeah, I've never really understood the idea of like, oh, and the other question that everyone gets is like, does this have self-canceling turn signals? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, stop. Those are nice though. I, yeah. I know I yeah. uh, 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 I know that because you said that that's some weird flex like well I've had Harley Davidsons. <laughs> you know? He's like, does this buddy one twenty five scooter have seven fifty exactly? That My has GS self does it too. Canceling turn signals and from ninety six it doesn't. Like, oh, look, man, I get it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I get it, but. Because of non-self-canceling turn signals, I have developed what is the equivalent of a neurotic tick. Mm-hmm. Watch any of my YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. You will see me stabbing my yeah. turn signal button about once every 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. I do that on my bike with, with automatic canceling signals. I'm turning it off all the time. I am riding my Harley Davidson accidentally turning on the left turn signal because I'm canceling turn signals on other motorcycles. I have done that. Yeah. I have done that. Like, I leave my turn signal on. Intentionally to to fuck with him. (laughs) To fuck with John because it drives him fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I just leave it on like for 20 miles, you know. Whenever you ride with Steve, we're all going like this, trying to get him to fucking turn it off. But but you guys were talking about electric bikes with no gears. Turn your fucking turn signal off. So I leave it on just to bug you <laughs> because, because I like to punish myself. I, yeah. jo- I joined some groups on Facebook for the okay. Africa twin. Yeah. So the DTC is out great bike. You know, like it's not my thing, but it's, you know, yeah. it works. Totally. So I saw the most ridiculous over a thousand dollar accessory for an Africa twin DTC. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For a dual clutch Africa twin. Yeah. Which is already not a cheap bike. No, but it's, it, this is the most awesome thing ever. It is. They have to. They have to rewire it, but it's a factory thing. They can add a gear switch onto the bike so that instead of pushing the buttons, you can use your foot and then have a, a shiftable bike. We had, oh, that. Yeah, had that. Yeah, we had that on the Aprilia Mana like but a long time po- ago. But if you're buying a DTC, isn't the point that you didn't want to shift gears with your no, foot? No, because with the Mana, we could shift with the button. Yeah. So we could do button shift. Like to simulate having a, a gearbox. Yeah. Or we could use the foot shifter and they were both completely. So you could like shift Do up the, yeah. for this one and then shift down with your foot. Like you could try to fuck the yeah, bike because up. It's not, it's not, it's not mechanically. No, attached. no, it's no, 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 no. You're just pushing electrons. I, in just, different I thought directions, that yeah. was the dumb. Like then why yeah. don't you just buy a fucking normal one and save five grand? Well, they also had a simulated clutch lever with a big old spring on it too. That was just doing nothing. Right. It was wow. just hooked to a super soaker. You just <laughs> squeeze it and it would spray now water that, in your face or something. That would be cool, though. I'd take that. You'd take that, right? Yeah, fill yeah. it with pee and get behind Steve. <laughs> <laughs> turn your light, turn your blinker off. <laughs> um, and in a completely ridiculous thing, one of our podcast listeners, one of the Patreons, decided to alert me to the fact that uh, Duluth, uh, Duluth Clothing Company, yeah, trading company. You know, clothing for men. Duluth? <laughs> apparently has a beach towel. That Meckle Fresh posed for. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. This does look like John. You can pass it around. It It even has the farmer's tan. A lot like John posed for this beach towel. And uh, and actually his brother, your brother has a... Your brother does look a lot like that. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of... I mean... 
it's it's kind of hilarious how much they <laughs> nailed it. Even the beard. But and again, leave it to our podcast listeners to <laughs> find <laughs> shit like yeah. that because that's funny as fuck. Oh look, it even yeah. has a black bar. A it's got one. a black bar across his wiener. Anybody yeah. here is a fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Big fan. I was thinking about what I need to take with me on the Lake Erie Loop, but I'm like, towel, no, towel. I need a towel. Absolutely. You got to start with a towel. I could cover up. Yeah. I could sleep under my towel. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. towel. towel. Yeah. A towel. Yeah, a towel's a good thing. Yeah. But I thought that was fucking hilarious. The Duluth, <laughs> the Duluth Trading <laughs> Company does a John McElfresh tribute towel. I mean, I'm going to pull it up on the big screen just so everybody can see it. But I mean, they could have, if yeah. realistically, they could have used a much smaller black bar. <laughs> hey, it's going sideways, man. It's going sideways. All right, that's a, that's all you got. All right, so that's all I got. Anybody got anything else? Oh, fuck that. That's a podcast. Ride fast and take chances. Play us.
Chris, come back. Watch for the video, you'll get more of the stuff.